the Lord is leading us to study him and the rest that he offers. And so we started a sermon series last week on a life of rest, and we looked at the promise of rest where Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so we pick that back up today, and we're going to look at a rhythm of daily rest. And in that, we're going to start um, in the beginning. And so the very first chapter, the very first book of your Bible, Genesis 1. And so as we're listening to this chapter, I want you to be listening for a rhythm of rest and a rhythm of work. This, this text could very easily provide a theology of work. And um, that's not the focus that we're going to take today. But just know that I could preach another sermon on this same text and pull out the emphasis on work, which is very, very good and important. And God has planned for each of us. But he also has something very, very good and important, and it's rest. And so um, let's listen to um, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and let them be lights in the vaults of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves around about in it. According to their kinds, 
and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And, let, and there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And that's where we're going to stop today. A rhythm of rest. God, we heard that he just created everything, and part of that was the vault of the sky and waters and where that water was going to go at different times. And if you know that in winter, sometimes there's the vault of the sky lets loose a blizzard. And um, this is a picture of a blizzard. And in this book that um, Pastor Dave and I have um, read, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, there's a story that is recalled from, um, I want to get this right, from Parker Palmer in his book, A Hidden Wholeness. And it talks about the farmers in the Midwest. And I want to tell you the story rather than read it. All right. So the farmers in the Midwest, um, when one of these blizzards would come up, they come on fast and furious out in the plains. We think it happens fast here with lake effect snow. But when the winds get whipping out there, a storm can blow up. And when the blizzard comes, you can't see from the house to the barn. And so many, many people that lived out, and even still, we have people deaths because of blizzards. You cannot see your hand in front of you. And so what they would do is they would tie a rope to their house and another one to the barn, and they would hold on to that rope so that they could go out to milk or whatever it was they needed. I'm not a farmer, but whatever they would do in the barn I just go to the refrigerator and to the store, but they go to the barn. And then they're trying to make their way back, 
And they don't dare let go of that rope because that takes them back to safety. That takes them back where it's safe and warm and they're protected. To this day, there's recommendations out in some areas that you would tie a rope to your front door so that if you have to go out in one of those storms, that you can make your way back safely. Well, I want to say that God in his created order has given us a safety rope, so to speak. Last week I brought a bunch of props, and I thought, well, would it be that I would bring a pillow and tie a rope to it? But it's really a rope to the Lord himself. But he's in in created order. He's given an order of rest. And so that created order, if you notice in Scripture, it doesn't say, There was morning and then there was evening and that was the end of the day. It says there was evening and then there was morning the first day, the second day, the third day. God has designed us to start our lives and our days in a place of rest, in trust in him and in sleep. He's designed us to start with a place of not trusting in our own initiatives and works and abilities but in his protection and under his covering. What happens when you don't get sleep? I thought about the day after a slumber party, and my husband Dane said, a slumber party is an oxymoron. He said, you know, like jumbo shrimp. Shrimp is little and a jumbo is big, you know. A slumber party, the idea that you go to the party to sleep, is kind of a joke, isn't it? Right? How many of you went to a slumber party at least once in your life? You went some, yeah? And how many of you got your normal amount of sleep? Uh, Okay, I see somebody pointing to somebody else. Maybe one person in here got their normal amount of sleep. But do you remember what it feels like the day after a slumber party or a day after you don't get your normal amount of rest? What does it feel like? Tired, like a zombie, grumpy, foggy, brain fog, right? Like you just, it's just like uh, you just lay down on the couch and you're like my mom would find me curled up sleeping, you know, in the middle of the day because and chores were always on Saturday and slumber parties were Friday night and I would do my chores and it would just be like, oh, can't this dusting just be done? You know, can't the vacuuming be done? Um, You don't feel well when you don't get enough sleep, and it's documented. Um, You know I'm a registered nurse, and this is not a medical conversation. This is a sermon. I'm a pastor. But God created us as physical, spiritual, emotional beings, and what affects one system affects the other. And so let me tell you what happens What science says happens when we don't get enough sleep, this is what um, Harvard Medical School on their website said, not getting enough sleep can have profound consequences on a daily and potentially long-term basis on your health and your mental well-being. It's documented. If you do not get an adequate amount of sleep, you are irritable. Well, how many see the fruit of the Spirit a list of the fruit of the Spirit as irritability is not in there, right? 
gentleness, kindness, self-control is in there, but irritability is not. And so that's not what we want to be displaying as Christians, right, is irritability. Cognitive impairment. You cannot think straight. If you've ever been driving, I remember when I was a nurse and had to work third shift and driving home some mornings, I would roll down the window, I'd be patting my face, and I would just, even like I'd sit through, um, you know, like a four-way stop, I'd sit there and the other cars would go and finally somebody would honk behind me, you know, it's like, oh, it's my turn. Like I just, I would be so, so tired. So we are not thinking quite right. Sometimes memory lapses. This one's a really significant one, impaired moral judgment. We're called to walk in holiness, but if we're not getting enough sleep, we may be at risk of greater temptation and succumbing to that because we aren't thinking quite right. Um, Immune system. Your immune system is affected if you don't get enough sleep. Your blood pressure can be affected. Heart disease, risk of obesity if we're not getting adequate sleep. God designed us to start with our day starting with rest and then moving to activity. And he did it for a reason because he does not want us walking around in life as if it's a blizzard. Some of those farmers would die within a couple of feet of their front door and they couldn't see it. God wants us to be clear-minded and clear vision in our daily lives And he doesn't want us walking around like we're in a fog or we're in a blizzard. And so he invites us and gives us this gift of sleep. Psalm 127 verse 2 says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Well, not all of us are in the agricultural um, vocation, so we maybe aren't toiling for our food necessarily, but we are, a lot of us are service or manufacturing in vocation. And so, but we're working for a paycheck that buys the food. And so somehow this idea of working more than we should and not getting enough sleep. And I think with electronics, um, we're checking our emails we're, um, you know, doing things, maybe doing emailing at w- from home at work or, um, no, I said that backwards. Our work stuff comes into our home more easily or into our wherever we are. Um, maybe even our social lives just are, are being influenced by technology in ways. Marva Dawn wrote a book on Sabbath and she talked about the assault, the assault of technology and how that we could actually look at that as something that's coming even if we don't put boundaries on it. And obviously this picture shows somebody that's not putting boundaries. And see how tired, see how fatigued, and I think how many of us sometimes are walking around or even sitting around even at night when it's time to be calming down and focusing on the Lord, and we're busy doing one more thing and one more thing online or, um, or in some other way. Just too, too busy. Being self-limiting actually is part of our image, imaging of God. Think about it. God created all of creation in six days. He could have just said, be done, and it could have all been done. 
but he limited himself. He did work on day one. He did work on day two. He did work on day three. And as we trust in that rhythm of work and rest, we image him. And so having patience and doing the work that's to be done, but then having the rest that's so needed. So we see this pattern of limiting in creation. We also see this in Jesus' life. And um, I want to just tell you the story from Mark 4. That song, the the video, said, um, The wind and waves still know your name. And referencing where Jesus had been doing ministry and working with his disciples, many had been healed, and um, there was still a big crowd. And he put a boundary on the work and said, let's get in the boat and go across the, the sea. And then he goes to sleep. And then a big storm comes up. And they're all terrified. And they wake him up and say, Jesus, do something, do something. And he tells the storm to be calm. And then he talks to them, kind of rebukes them for not being clear-minded, for having faith. Well, I just wondered as I was thinking and reflecting on this, how much, because Jesus, yes, he was God, but he was fully human. And he saw that he was tired and he needed a rest. And he was the most clear-minded, sober-minded person that knew that he could call on God and God would protect them. And I wonder whether the rest of them, if they had also taken a nap, I don't know how that would work to have people in a boat and everybody taking a nap, but sometimes you see that, like people on, you know, on uh, they just throw their anchor down and rest in the middle of a lake on a beautiful sunny afternoon, right? You know, so I don't know. Could it have been possible that they could have all just rested a little bit and been less fearful? But we see this self-limiting, and the Lord invites us into this as a matter of discipleship. Have you ever thought about sleep as a matter of discipleship or have you considered that just being one of your options? Is he not Lord of all? Is he not Lord of all? And if he's invited us to look at this pattern of rest and trusting in his ability to hold the world together while we take a good night of sleep, and that the problems may be there tomorrow, but his mercies are new every morning, right? And so even in the midst of some of the worst crises that we could have, it's still possible that he could give us the gift of sleep or at least rest. I um, asked Elaine if I could share this. She, um, she called last night distraught because her daughter's, in ICU, and it had been a really, really hard and stressful afternoon, long afternoon, long evening. And we prayed together on the phone. Did she sleep beautifully? No. But did she get sleep last night? She did. And so when we stop and we push pause and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to, you told me, I entrust Barbara into the Lord's hands. Yeah, that's what you told me, and you, we told the Lord that. And so the Lord helps us to get sleep and enter into sleep, even in the midst of whatever we're facing. And so if our rest is part of our discipleship, we need to steward this gift of rest that the Lord's given us. Making, they call this um, sleep hygiene, I think is what they call this. 
Um, you can Google it if you want to find out some more help on how to steward the gift of rest. But making sleep a priority, that you are going to go to bed on time, um, figuring out how much time do you have. My, my little gadget on my wrist, in the morning it tells me how many hours of sleep I got and how many times I was restless. Um, and that can be an indicator sometimes of whether you're trusting the Lord or if you're having a lot of anxiety. And so um, just one possibility, but making a plan for how you're going to get sleep. So um, if you have to get up early, like Dan gets up at 445 every morning to get adequate rest, are we going to bed on time? They say turn off the electronics, turn off the TV, that actually that bright screen does something that makes us kind of think it's daytime in our brains and makes us more alert. So thinking about when are you going to turn off any screens so that you can start to focus on the Lord and start to prepare for rest. There's an ancient practice um, among Christians. It's called the prayer of examine. And in your worship folder, I think you should have a copy of this, I wanted to just go over this with you. It's something that um, we can do in the evening. It's something that also traditionally was done at noon as well. But it's remembering that God is with us. It's that rope of going back and saying, we're not alone at Emmanuel. God is with us. And so where has he been during my day. So you start by just praying, Lord, would you shine light? Would you help me to see, not just merely with my eyes, but help me to see and reflect on this day as you saw it. Then going through and just giving thanks, thanking the Lord for the good things, the ways you've seen the Lord at work in your life. But every part of your day, just going back and thinking through what happened first, what happened second. And we see this in um, Genesis 1. This is a model from the Bible because the Lord looked at what he had done and he said it was good. Now, he didn't say that. I was looking at that this morning again. In every single day, he didn't say um, a full review of every day, so we don't have to be legalistic about this. But it's a really good practice to go back, review the day with the Lord, ask the Lord to show you, where were you? Was I recognizing your presence with me? Did I get anxious Did I get irritable? Do I need to confess some sin along the way? Um, Also, looking at the day to come and asking, just kind of praying through even the day that's coming ahead and say, Lord, I trust you with tomorrow. I trust you for Elaine. You know, I trust you with whatever the day holds for my daughter, even the night, what it holds. But praying through our days, praying through the day to come, And making that a pattern, that's something that we can do that kind of emulates what God did in creation. And we can spend our evenings preparing for rest, trusting that as we lie down, he's causing us to um, be safe and to dwell in his safety. Peter Cesaro from that same book that I told you earlier, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, says the essence of being in God's image is our ability like God to stop. We imitate God by stopping our work and resting. The Lord is patient, and we can be patient, and we can trust that there's the next day he'll give the mercies for that. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
And so this is one way that we can learn from Jesus. We can look at his life. We can look at the Father's life in creation and how the Spirit hovered. And the Spirit, again, God the Holy Spirit, Jesus the Word, the Father's will, and they willed to do work incrementally and to trust and hold, and then the next day do some more. And so we can too. He um, teaches us. Pastor Dave and I have mentors that we meet with about um, once a quarter. And as we were talking with them over this past year, as we've been studying patterns of becoming more healthy in our own lives, um, we were talking to them about the struggle of kind of cutting off at a certain point in the day and how, you know, different things can kind of creep in and maybe our lives didn't look at home as peaceful as and joyful as we had hoped because we were letting some other things kind of creep in, um, just saying emails. And it's not a criticism of people that email us. It's our responsibility to be able to figure out how to manage it. But our mentors said, um, they listened to us, and they said, you're not a victim. You have authority over your, your calendar. Couldn't you make some changes? Couldn't you do something about that? And anyway, and it has been incredibly freeing to take authority over and just to draw a line and say, okay, this is where today's work stops and going to trust the Lord for tomorrow. And actually, by stopping and resting better, much more clear, and things productively, productivity. Um, And if you are one that you feel like you kind of get overwhelmed by life, right? There's just so much to do. There's so much to do. Actually, I think we'd be more clear-minded about what there was to do and probably be able to address it better if we were a better rested people. And so when we look online or when we see social posts that just talk about, I'm just so busy, I'm so busy, it's almost like our culture has elevated that as a value. But actually, we're not representing the joy of God, the peace of God, Um, when we just need to think about our own lives as a witness. And so he's inviting us to trust him, to um, be able to enter into this rhythm of daily rest. In Psalm 4, verse 8, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And these pictures, of course, are in beautiful beds, but we could lay down and sleep in peace in a sleeping bag. Dane and I have done that when there was even a bear at the campground. Um, we did wake up for that one. But you know what? The Lord caused us to be safe. We were able to go back to sleep, or at least one of us was. Um, yeah. Um, it does, we can be sleeping in a hammock. We could be sleeping wherever. It, the sleep isn't the goal, but it's the trusting the Lord that is. And so whatever our days look like, um, there's a boundary to it. And he's telling us, learn from me. Enter into my rest because there will be until he decides to come back or take us home, there'll be an evening and then there'll be another morning. Amen.